number two of the program. Good to have you on today. Patrick Mahomes back in the building in KC. Will the knee be ready to go? Will the ankle be ready to go? He's going to play. I don't think there's any doubt about that. He's going to play. But uh, how good is he going to be? And what kind of game plan are the Packer, or excuse me, the, uh, God, I wishful thinking, I guess. But what kind of game plan is uh, is Cincinnati going to come out with uh, regarding uh, regarding him? Uh, and then, obviously, you've got uh, the Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. We're not, you know, I know Brock Purdy, Ben, has become like the darling of the football world in a lot of senses because of Mr. Irrelevancy. Uh, but I, I I feel this sense of overwhelming swell starting to support the Philadelphia Eagles for one Ben Z. Kenny in the state of Wisconsin. I feel great, and that makes me incredibly nervous, if I'm being <laughs> completely honest. But, right? Like, I don't think Purdy is even the story of the game. There, there are five to six matchups I would list of the Niners versus Eagles, which is a great on-field matchup, by the way, and very even, as Vegas would tell you. There are five to six matchups ahead of what Purdy himself does. So he'll be the story because it's the headline because the draft pick and replacing Jimmy G. But right. he's, he's the least of my concerns, I would say. Um, Boy, I, I you're right about the, all the different storylines going into this. Uh, 100% agree. Um, but I just, you know, I, I think the storylines to me, uh, going into that 49ers Eagles game is Jalen Hurts has done everything this year. He's lost one game the entire season. And what do you win? He was like 15 and one or something like that, or 14 and one, I think as the starter. And then he had, you know, he took a couple of games off. And so I look at Jalen, and every time he would take the field, it was like, well, here's another obstacle they're going to throw at him. And he overcame it, and he won. And, well, that, but wait, wait a minute. He's got to do this. And then he did it, and they won. Now they're saying, well, much like, you know, Dak Prescott, well, he's got to beat the number one overall defense now. And then he'll be considered a good, you know, good quarterback. It's like, what else does a guy have to do? He, he had a hell of a year. He's an MVP candidate, one of the finalists. Uh, I think the number one story is going to be Jalen Hurts against that San Francisco defense. And can that defense – what do you take away? If put it, that, That's probably the best question going into that game. What do you take away? If you're the San Francisco 49ers defense and you're looking at this thing, you're saying, you know what, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do everything I can to do this. You know, what, what do you take away? Because, okay, say you spy Jalen Hurts. Okay, we're going to spy him. He's not going to run on us. Well, you put him in the pocket, that's fine. They can still run Miles Sanders at you. They still, you know, Dallas Goddard is good. But they've got a, a trio of wide receivers they can run at you. So he becomes a pocket passer. And then he picks you apart with his arm. Because his arm he's got a good arm. He's much better, in my opinion, than, uh, um, than a guy like Lamar Jackson. So, okay, you take away his run ability, he picks you apart, or they run the football against you. Then if you say, well, we're going to take away the run game and concentrate on Miles Sanders, well, then all of a sudden he takes off and runs too. You know, I think the thing with with the 49ers is just trying to contain them. Just try to keep them in the pocket. Try to then, you know, get to him as quickly as you can to make him make a decision, but don't let him get outside the pocket and start running on you. And just make him play quarterback. See what he can do just playing quarterback. That's it. 
I think if you do anything more than that or try to do anything more than that, he's going to eat you up. And then, obviously, you got a really, with Linval Joseph, who they picked up midseason, and uh, uh, Fletcher Cox and everybody up front, they've got, you know, and then Darius Slay coming off uh, coming off the corner and being able to play corner the way he can play. And, and I just, you know, James Bradbury, I just think that they have, and, and Marcus Epps over at free safety, I just think that they've got a really stout defense. And it's probably as good, maybe not pressure-wise as good, but probably as good as the Dallas Cowboys, and they execute it better. They win in the trenches better. And when you can rotate in Fletcher Cox and Dominican Sue, Linval Joseph, all the plus and Sue and Joseph both have that championship pedigree, that experience, and veteran experience. They know how to rotate in. They know when to turn it on and turn it off. I, I think it's going to be a real tough test for San Francisco going into Philadelphia this weekend. Is that a, is that a fair assessment of your team, Ben? Yeah, I would say so. I look to the sidelines more than anything, and it's not necessarily what Fred Warner can do against Goddard over the middle because that's what the Eagles do is they put the inside linebackers in crazy binds where there are four options running at him. But I think it's D'Amico Ryans on one sideline against Shane Steichen. All the coordinators in this game are going to be future NFL head coaches. You also mm-hmm. talk about Shanahan, who is you know the best offensive mind in football, yeah. him going up against Jonathan Gannon who the defensive coordinator who will likely be a head coach. It's those matchups because I think while the players are obviously important and you have to execute, I think it'll be clear who plans for the game better and who outsmarts the other sideline. So if you had to say, okay, let's go offense to offense. Who's got the better offense? I think all around the Eagles do defense to defense, the Niners, though it might not be the biggest gap. The thing is they Uh, live on turnovers. And the question is, how sustainable are turnovers? It's a discussion we always get into in college football because they're not great in the red zone. They don't let many teams get down there, and they give up a lot of explosive plays. They just force an unbelievable amount of turnovers. That's because they put a ton of pressure on the quarterback. Right. And when they do force, I think two or three, they average 15 more points scored a game. Like That is the single difference for them. Now you get down to place kickers. Robbie Gold is money. How is Jake Elliott? Also tremendous. He's been okay. one of the best for six years. So maybe they negate each other if you want to go in that direction. So then it comes down to coaching. Turnovers and coaching. That's where I'm at. Yep. That's it. Turnovers and coaching. Who do you give the nod to? I think when you also factor in a quarterback that can do more, if Purdy gets behind, I don't see how they can come back efficiently. That's, I agree with that. Yeah. So – I think it's a momentum game. I think it's a play from ahead game. And you add in the fact that Hertz is more dependable in these spots, I'd say. I, I give the edge to Philly and also playing at home. But I think it's a one possession game. I think it's down to the wire. I think it's uh playing at home too. I I I really do. I think it's part of it is gonna be dealing with that atmosphere in a playoff atmosphere in Philadelphia. And uh, Brock Purdy's gonna have to overcome all of that. So I, I that's why I kind of look at it and think, yeah, as much as I think Brock Purdy is is the real deal, I don't know if he, he's his first you know chomp at the bit, so to speak, for a playoff team on the road is going to be a successful one, especially against the overall number one in the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I just don't know if I'm gonna if I'm gonna see that. It's a much more complex game to me than 
the other game is. The other game kind of just comes down to how healthy is Mahomes. And if he is healthy, can they avoid that second-half disaster we saw last season against Cincinnati? Uh, I just saw a statistic where uh, Jalen Hurts, not even running the football, 332.7 yards per game against teams that have a top-10 defense or better with seven touchdowns. So, and you know, I'm now granted he's still dealing with a little bit of a shoulder issue and we'll see how that, you know, if at all, if it hampers him, he said after the game last week that, you know, after last weekend, it was, you know, it was great. No big deal. I'm, I'm fine, but we'll see if it, you know, hurts him at all. But, but I just, I don't know if I see if it hurts. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. I didn't even, didn't even know the pun. I didn't even get it there. And then the other storyline obviously is Cincinnati going into Kansas city and it's going to be the ankle of, uh, of uh, you know, the high ankle sprain for Patrick Mahomes. Clearly, the all the talk is, the you know, Joe Burrow has not lost to Kansas City. They're 3-0 against him, two of which, uh, two of those wins come at Kansas City. Sometimes you just have a nemesis. You know, the Packers have the 49ers in recent history. They had the Cowboys in past history. And maybe this is now Kansas City's nemesis. Who knows? But Joe Burrow just has their number. Now, every game has been decided by three points. You know, so it's not like it's been blowouts. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's still close. And Cincinnati's favored by a point going in. But I think that line changes if Patrick Mahomes was healthy. But 41 touchdowns, 5,250 5, yards in the season. Uh, for Patrick Mahomes, and we know what Joe Burrow and the connection between him and Jamar Chase, but the biggest question to me is uh, what does Cincinnati's defense do to put uh, Patrick Mahomes under pressure? And then in addition to that, what does uh, does Cincinnati's offensive line do to protect Joe Burrow? If Joe Burrow has time, you're done. You're done. Uh, You now hear the comparisons popping up on a continual basis of he reminds you of a cross between Joe Montana and Tom Brady. Nothing dynamic, good strong arm, but technically savvy. He just is technically uh, one of the best descriptions. I was listening to Dan Orlovsky the other day was just saying, Joe Burrow plays the best quarterback position. And others could, but they don't. He just does. He's so technically sound. It's like if you're going to put a tape on of, uh, to say this is how you play quarterback. Because you can't teach what Mahomes does or Hurts does or Fields does or Lamar Jackson does or those guys that take off and run and they do it with their feet and they, you know, they scramble. You can't do that. Even what Rodgers does, off his back foot, flicking it with his wrist. You, you can't teach that. But when you want to teach the position of quarterback and say this is how you should play it, this is your decision-making, this is being technically savvy, this is putting the ball in the right place at the right time where only your guy can really get it, that's Joe Burrow. That's how good he is. That's that's Tom Brady in his heyday. So it's it's. I'm looking forward to the weekend, I'll tell you that. I can't wait. 877-867-1670. Now we want to go back to the phone calls because uh, we spent the entire first hour talking about everything that was said on the Pat McAfee Show yesterday. And my question was, do you now feel differently 
about whether or not to bring Aaron Rodgers back, what he had to say, a little bit softer, backed off of some of the stances, talked about you know restructuring the contract, talked about voidable years, making it, you know, they'll change some things around to make it more plausible for the team, absolutely, whether or not he gives money back or makes a year voidable or something so you're not crippling the, the franchise. He might do that. He even talked about it. He brought it up. We didn't. Uh, let's go back to the phone calls, talk to Derek listening to, uh, to us in Albany. Derek, how are you doing today, man? What's going on? Hey, Bill, I enjoy the dialogue between you and Ben, and uh, I'm listening today in Albany. I'm from Schenectady, and, um, you know, my favorite team, obviously, is the Packers. Everybody who knows me knows that. Um, second favorite team would be the Chargers. I, I love the Badgers. I, the Utah Jazz, I became a Jazz fan when Pete Maravich played in New Orleans. And I'm a Cleveland Indians slash now Cleveland Guardians fan. But uh, your show's terrific, man. I, I mean, you got a good sense of humor. Occasionally, you get goofy and go off the rails, which is a riot oh, when that do. happens. I, just, I love it when that happens. And you tell some interpersonal stuff about what's happening. So, you know, as a, as a guy, yeah, right. <laughs> as a guy of a certain age, it's it's fun to listen to. And uh, my contention on on the Rogers thing is, I, I feel better about it now. And I hope the national media picks up on this. You know, Bill, that the national media seized upon the fact that he said, "Well, I could play at an MVP level and so forth." And you know, they didn't and they didn't pick up on the fact that he said. I don't want to come back unless I feel we have a great chance to win the Super Bowl. By him adjusting the money and being willing, and he sounds um, he sounds very reasonable. I, I like how he sounds. And here's another thing, one last thing. If the Packers were to trade Jordan Love, I don't know that they would get a first rounder unless they got one at the back of the round, or if they got a second rounder. Let's say they get a let's say they get a second and a third rounder. What I would do with the Packers now that you don't have Jordan Love in the fold, I would then take my number one, a two and a three and move up in the top 10 and get yourself another one of those great quarterbacks that could develop in three to four years because Rodgers will be gone by then. I, which, you know, I agree with that. Um, I, if you get a haul and you can't turn away from it, absolutely. I mean, I think we all look at things and say, we'll never do this. But then again, something could turn your head. So the Packers could certainly have their head turned. I just think that there is this, that it would take a lot because there's this level of sentimentality of we really, and again, the organization's on the hook for this too because they're going to look at this and say, you had quarterback play of Hall of Fame caliber for 30-plus years and you only won two Super Bowls. They really want another one. They want to have four Super Bowl attended, three of which they won in in 30 years of, of good Hall of Fame because it just elevates you. It just takes you to another level. And I think then they could say, okay, we made the most of it in sometimes a bad situation. They had a lot of success. But I think if you let Rodgers walk and he has success elsewhere, or God forbid, Roger, uh, Jordan Love's not the real deal, and you just don't sniff another Super Bowl for another decade, I think people are going to say, what an incompetent failure on behalf of the upper management of the Green Bay Packers to allow that to just be always falling short year after year after year after year and not doing enough to get the job done. That's just my opinion. I get the sense that they really want this one more time to be able to run this thing back to try to get one. That's just me. That's just me. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Give us a shout. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, again, 877 877- Eight six seven sixteen seventy. Uh you know what? I, I'm not even gonna address all that crap. Just an FYI. Uh people are hitting me up over on Twitter and the whole Damar Hamlin thing is disgusting. And you people who bust into that are disgusting too. And I hope you leave my Twitter account and you have no regard for humans. You're just you're disgusting people. Uh let's do this. We're gonna go ahead and take a quick break. We're gonna come back. I got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael show next. 
Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports. show continues on don't forget about our friends at quick trip take home meals you can take them bake you can take them home heat them up whatever it happens to be or you just take them right out from underneath the heater and whether it's the fried chicken the mashed potatoes the mac and cheese mac and cheese is fantastic oh so good check out our friends at quick trip take home meals right there freshly prepared ready to go from their uh from their own uh, hands to your uh, tummy and they are so good and don't forget to use your quick rewards card Along the way, that's our friends over there at Quick Trip. Check them out. Uh, Pete Doherty, the Green Bay Press Gazette, now joining us uh, on the hotline. Pete, how you doing? Good, Bill. How are you today? I'm good. So, you know, everything we heard a week ago, which set the world on fire from Aaron Rodgers and the Pat McAfee show to what we heard yesterday, which it seemed like Aaron was a little, I, I want to say, kinder, gentler, uh, a little bit less uh, hard, so to speak. Who knows? But give me your thoughts uh, from your perspective on what you heard yesterday and maybe what some of this stuff means. Yeah, I just kind of my interpretation of the last those last two appearances on that show is that he thinks, knows that, you know, there's a decent chance he's not back with this team next season. Um, I mean, I'm just kind of pulling this these numbers out of thin air but i'm kind of feeling like it's only about i don't know 60 40 he returns something like that uh but i just kind of feel like he's laying the groundwork either for everybody else or for himself he's kind of letting the packers know what he thinks ballpark should happen for it to be attractive for him to come back but he seems to also be acknowledging that he thinks there's a chance they won't do all those things so i don't know that's kind of my broad brush view. I don't know what you're thinking. I, you know, and again, you see him a lot more than I do, but I thought it was, first of all, he tried to, as he talked about, you know, eliminate some of the conjecture where he never stood on the table and said, I have to finish my career with these guys. You have to bring them back. It was something that was more of a, a want to and a like than a necessity. He also talked mm-hmm. about, you know, yeah, they'd have to redo some, you know, money in his deal, regardless of what he does to play football this upcoming season. Uh, it certainly seems like he's coming back. I, I don't. I don't doubt that. Uh, it's just to to what actually happens, we'll have to wait and see. But it certainly felt like he was in, intimating that he's coming back, and that he'll have to restructure that deal. He talked about voidable years and all that kind of stuff, I guess, and and, and such. And then you know, then after that, you also have to figure out if he's going to be a Packer. Is it going to be for one year? Are they going to run it back? I just get the sense, Pete, that, and I've said this time and again. The more people I talk to, it's like the organization can't, after this is done, can't go, we had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, 30-plus years of Hall of Fame quarterback play, and we only won two Super Bowls. If you get to and win one more, then you have four Super Bowls that you've been to in that period of time of which you've won three. And that changes the narrative. I think there's a sentimentality to that, isn't there? Yeah, there is. And, and if I said, you know, that that he's coming back, by coming back, I meant to Green Bay. I mean, I think it's a given that he's playing football next season. He's not walking away from that money. Yeah. You know, the one thing is, I, and look, also, as we learned this last season, you know, the season turned around 
on a dime because two guys, one got healthy, and then they get they found a kick returner. So you know, it doesn't take that much for a team to get a lot better. You know, it just takes a player or two. But it feels like if they run it back to me, it feels like they're spinning their wheels. They were a pretty decent team by the end of the season. I could see them winning ten games next year, no problem. But I just don't think you know getting that getting to that fourth Super Bowl and winning that third one. Man, an awful lot of things got to go right between bargain signings and hitting on a couple draft picks and having a good injury season. So as attractive as that might look, I just, you know, I think Rodgers, he's declining some, so he's just, he can't carry this team anymore. And I don't know if I'm them, if I'm them, I'd want to, I want to move on. Now he can force himself on them if he really wants, but he's at least giving the impression that if he's not wanted, he doesn't, you know, if they want to move on, then that he doesn't want to be here and he'd want to be traded. What would you do? You, you've been around this team a long time and, and I got here in 99 and you were still covering the team already by then. And I, I'm thinking to myself, I've seen a lot. I've done a lot. I, I, I've watched how they think. I, I've talked to Andrew Brandt and he says, well, this is the way they've always done it. But this is unique because you know, this is the end of that era. Now you don't, and I've told people, I said, look, they knew what they had in Aaron Rodgers. It was not easy, but it was easier to move on from Favre. They don't know what they have in Jordan Love just yet. And they, they, while technically correct behind closed doors, they don't know if he's really a winner or not. They're not sure. And I, I just I get the sense that you're clutching the end of an era going, we can't just let it go. we we, we got to run it back at least one more time. Yeah, and I, I even wonder, you know, there's a real chance and they're never going to show this publicly, but there's a real chance, you know, maybe the GM and coach see this differently. You know, the GMs are always, almost always the ones who want to move on, uh, give the younger players a shot. Uh, coaches always want, want to hold on to the veteran and the known, uh, you know, the known commodity. So there might even be differences of opinion. There probably are differences of, of opinion within the organization on what they want to do. I've kind of, you know, I've heard through the grapevine, like through just, you know, I heard from one person, they're kind of okay, whichever way it goes. Um, I, if I were them, I, it's just, I think it's time to move on. I think it's probably even better for both parties. I think Rogers, you know, might gain from a fresh start. One of the things I'm wondering though is, is, is he kind of bluffing on all this stuff, trying to get as much as he can, you know, as far as, you know, having, for instance, some of his, teammates that he veteran teammates he wants back is he just trying to get that to work out and if it doesn't he's still going to come back and want to play for the Packers anyway maybe he doesn't want to start over with somebody else and have to take part in all the offseason stuff and everything you know learn a new offense and everything that goes with that I agree with that um I I I don't know what conversations you've had with him years ago I sat down with Aaron and we were talking and and one of the things that and this was going back to when you know, Mike McCarthy was getting a lot of credit for developing him, and he was kind of taking a little bit of offense to that, saying, hey, look, it's it's me too. I'm, I'm a damn good quarterback. It's not just Mike McCarthy. And we got into this discussion, and, and this was completely off mic, and he just said, I want to be known, because I said, what, do you, what is your goal? And it wasn't about Hall of Fame. It was to be known as the best Packer quarterback in franchise history. He wanted at least two Super Bowls and then a lot of the records and or statistics to be the best. 
I get a sense that that's still hanging in his legacy. He's accomplished the MVPs. He's accomplished all the numbers. I think it just what's eluding him is this one more Super Bowl, and if he could get that, he can ride off into the sunset and breathe easy. I think that's part of what's driving that that desire to come back to Green Bay. Do you? And have you had conversations like that with him? No, that's a, that's really interesting, and that makes a lot of sense, and that sounds perfectly like something. It sounds exactly like something he would say, and that's a very high goal. So I, I mean, I I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised at all if that were driving him. I also see kind of a flip side of this too where if the Packers give him an inclination either straight out saying it or by the moves they make suggesting that they're ready to move on just like with Favre you know wanting to end up with the Vikings I could see Rodgers wanting to go out and go win a Super Bowl with another team you know to stick it to the Packers to show them hey it was me it wasn't anybody else I'm not I was the important one and the one who mattered most and so I could see that being a real motivating factor for him too, if in fact it does lead to a to a parting. I mean, that's the way competitive, super competitive, you know, mindset people. That's how their minds work. Um. Now the rest of the team. Obviously, there's a lot of decisions to be made. Who do you think is and it, now? Obviously, you got to look at some of these guys and ask if they even want to come back, like Mercedes Lewis, like Randall Cobb, and such. But you know, how much changeover do you think there's going to be with this team? By the way. You know, a fair amount. I mean, they don't have a lot of, uh, they, I don't know, they don't have any must-sign unrestricted free agents. The closest is, you know, Keyshawn Nixon. I think they, you know, that's pretty important to bring him back. You know, of all the, those guys he listed off, um, you know, Rogers a week ago, I mean, Bakhtiari, I could very easily see him come back as long as they, as long as the medical staff thinks that the, the knee won't be a big problem, then that they're over the worst of it and it won't be a big problem next year. But you know, Cobb, Lazard, Mercedes Lewis, Tanya, and I could see them moving on from all of those guys. You know, Adrian Amos even. Um, I think he's. I think his contract might be up, so I could see him moving away from. Uh, you know, letting all those guys walk. The uh, Keyshawn Nixon deal. Uh, what do you think he garners? Oh yeah, I've been thinking about that. It's you know, I've got to look up what some of these other guys make, but I'm thinking you know four or five million bucks for the next season, some somewhere in that range. That would be my my best guess, my kind of off the hoof guess. I uh I, I I love what he did and I don't think I, I think you're right. You cannot let him go. I mean there the, for the first time in a long time you've actually got somebody legit that can actually return on special teams. So I agree with you. What are the other other areas of need, do you think? Because I, I've said if I had priorities probably going to try to find yourself another safety but i'd go tight end wide receiver and then just start loading up the trenches because you can never just watching the packers get kind of pushed around in that jets game pushed around in that uh, giants game get pushed around in the philadelphia game you can never have enough depth in the trenches i that to me i'd load up there because everything else i think you're doing okay yeah a lions game too that last game they got pushed lions around game yeah quite quite a bit um they, you know, you kind of, I mean, you're right. They kind of need everything. It's, you know, when I think back, I mean, every year they need almost everything. Offensive line, I think they got a lot of depth, especially if Bakhtiari is back where, I, you know, that's not a big area of need. But I still think, maybe it's just me, I still think pass rush is, you know, is a huge need. Could be an interior guy, you know, more likely an uh, outside guy because Preston Smith's getting old and, you know, Gary's coming back from that ACL. So I I, think, I still think that's a really high priority. But, yeah, uh, tight end, 
uh, even receiver, you know, they, they could use some help there. Um, safety, they're probably going to need a starter. So, uh, assuming Savage is a slot guy now. Um, so that would rank really high up there too. I, you know, tight end and safety are the ones where they need a guy who can come in and, you know, start or play, you know, right away and help them a lot. Um, but I, I put pass rusher way up there too. Talking with Pete Doherty, the Green Bay Press-Gazette, at Pete Doherty over on Twitter. You can find his stuff. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the tight end position because he had mentioned Mercedes Lewis. He talked about Robert Tanyan. My argument is they didn't really throw to him. They didn't design a lot for them. Now, granted, early on in the season, they were being used as blockers and keeping them on the line rather than to, to you know give Josh Nyman and some company help, but they didn't really throw to him a whole lot. I mean... So to keep these guys, are, are you keeping them because they're good locker room guys or are you just keeping them because you believe they're genuine weapons? Because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. So give me your thoughts on that tight end position as as a weapon. Yeah, Lewis, I mean, that's got to be just as a locker room guy. I mean, you know, he's he's a pretty good blocker, but even there, I, you know, he's, I mean, he's, what is he, 30, is he 39 yet? He's at least 38. I mean, that is just ancient for that position. I got to think he's done. I mean, I, I'll be really really surprised if they bring him back but i was surprised they did it last year too so who knows what they're thinking uh Tunyon does seem underutilized um and i still can't figure out whether that's the offense or the quarterback um i mean the 49ers run the same offense and they throw to kittle all the time so i kind of wonder if it's just if there's something that the you know the quarterback likes going farther downfield or i, I don't know uh, but anyway, it does seem like a waste to spend a lot of money there. But if they use a high pick there, you know, maybe they try to feature that guy some more. Yeah, by the way, Mercedes Lewis is 39 years old. So he'll be 39 this year in a couple months. So, yeah, it's, he's up there in age. I mean, that is, uh, real, that is way up there. Yeah, That is way up there for a tight end. Hey, real quick before I, I let you go. So, you know, we talked about what we think they'll do. Uh, it sounds like Rodgers wants to come back. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, everybody kind of gets the sense that maybe they should move on. But we were talking about they should move on a year ago and then the year before. And, and I, I and Gutekind said that still, it, you know, Rodgers gives him the best chance to win in that closing press conference. So do you think he means it, that he, he really believes Rodgers gives him the best chance to win? And that's the direction they go. Well, he probably does. Probably. For next season but I don't know if you make the decision just based on that I think you got to be convinced you have a real Super Bowl contender because in 08 Favre would have given them a better chance to win um, Rodgers only won six games but they were still better off moving to Rodgers because they had to get him out there and get him playing to where he could grow enough where he could become what he became so I don't know that I would, if I'm the Packers, that's not the only way I'm looking at this. Now, for job security, for the GM and coach, the more winning seasons you have, the better off you are. But if they're really thinking about, you know, a two- or three-year horizon for the franchise, if I'm them, I want to see love and see if he can play and find out the sooner they find out, the better, because then you either know you have your guy or you, you start going to the steps of moving on. And you do a trade, you got a little... You, know, you get a little more draft ammo um, for when you do need to replace the quarterback. You know, if they let's say they trade Rodgers and they pick up a one from somebody, they could trade that for a future one next year. And then, you know, if love doesn't work out, then they'd have a couple first-round picks to maneuver to draft a quarterback next year. 
Pete, good stuff as always. I have a feeling in the next 30 days all this is going to come to a head, and we'll be talking about it again. So until then, enjoy yourself. Enjoy some of the offseason, and we'll talk some more later, okay? Yeah, interesting time, Bill. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. I think it's Groundhog Day, too, as a matter of fact. Good stuff, bud. Appreciate it. There you go. Pete Doherty, the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Interesting times. I think we said that the exact same time last year as well. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.